Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Brooke, I've been talking to some people about our Cement Celebrity Program, and it seems that people want to participate in it now more than ever. That is so cool because there's over 9,000 members of the Cvent Celebrity Loyalty Program, and they're earning rewards by engaging with like-minded industry colleagues. They're participating in challenges, and then they're redeeming the points for rewards like e-cards, swag, and now they even have social distancing-friendly rewards. <laughs> rewards? I love the sound of that. What kind of rewards can they redeem points for? Well, not only cool new rewards like e-gift cards for Google Play, Redbox, World Food Program Charity, and Whole Foods, only to name a few, but Steven Celebrity has added a new professional development reward. For example, a one-hour resume or cover letter consultation with the Steven recruiter, or even a 30-minute chat with a meetings and event expert at Steven. Wow, that's awesome. I know people would be interested in knocking the dust off their resumes or changing their event formats and getting some professional feedback. And all they need to do is hit our Cvent Celebrity homepage at cvent.com slash celebrity to join today and they can see all the cool new rewards being offered. That's cvent.com slash celebrity. Don't miss out on participating and engaging in the best loyalty program out there. Today, we're joined by one of our favorite guests, Brenda Ainsberg. She's the channel program manager at Siemens, or some of you guys might remember her as the App Ninja, and she's going to talk about some really great tips on what event professionals can be doing during this downtime. Yeah, and she mentions a few things that I'm sure you haven't thought of yet. I love her list of Brenda's tips for staying sane. I, I kind of took a few things away myself. <laughs> so cool. So let's get to the conversation with Brenda. Thank you so much for joining the podcast again. Hey, it's great to see you all here. Um, what are you drinking today? <laughs> I have a decaf coffee, <laughs> which is kind of unreal for me. I had my coffee. I'm drinking water out of a mason jar now because I'm from Portland. <laughs> Hashtag Portland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And well, for anybody who's kind of Cvent old school, I have my I love planner I trivia cup with my Dunkin' Donuts cafe. I'm sorry, dulce de leche ca ca coffee. So yummy. I think that's what you had last time we talked. Um, nope, that one was it was a, it was a different kind of coffee, but yes, it was a flavored. It was and okay. I've got my Cvent straw from hashtag Cvent Connect 2019. Oh <laughs> Brenda, you are the best. You are seriously, you're just love talking about Cvent. Um, and you're the channel program manager at Siemens. Can you just remind us a little bit about how you got to that role? Okay, so um, I started with Siemens about five and a half years ago. Now, a big part of my job is executing our annual event. And when I got to Siemens, they were using a, a static Eloqua form. There was no way to update it. There was no data transfer back and forth. We lost a bunch of data in the back end. And it was, it was just like soul crushing. And then after that event, it was my first event, right, with this company. Someone from the marketing team said, well, we've got this thing called Cvent. I'll give you a login. What do you think? And I went, what is this thing called Cvent? Let me see. And it was amazing. It totally changed the game data transparency across the board, you know, park reports, mobile app, on arrival, like we're using it all. And it has just completely elevated the event experience. So I'm so grateful. I know, Brenda, one of the coolest things I talked to you about was just that you had all these tips about what we can be doing during our downtime during this crisis. What is one of the main productive things that planners can be doing in their downtime right now? 
So we're right now rescheduling events, postponing events. Maybe we're going to pivot to virtual. We're just not sure. If you're having a lot of planners are, are, are doing live events and trying to reschedule them later in the year. We have been looking so closely now at our contracts. We cannot just trust force majeure anymore. We really have to look at those contacts, contracts, review them with your legal department. Maybe you have um, standard contracts we, that you use you know, with various and sundry hotel chains. Make sure you review that with your legal department. See what you can do to protect yourself legally. We've never had this situation before, a pandemic, never in the events industry. It's rocked our world. So we can prepare. We can look for you know, ways to add specific clauses that are fair to the hotel, but also protect us against things that we couldn't possibly have foreseen or control. That's how you're going to bring a lot of value to your organization right up front in this situation. Yeah, and I've heard of a lot of people looking at those hotels and venues, right? Like we've had them booked, now we have to move our event. Have you had any luck leveraging negotiations with the hotels and venues? Any advice for our listeners? So this is really interesting because, you know, right now it's, it's even busier in the you know, hotel industry. It was a seller's market before, as we call it. You know, they've been booking at record rates year over year for the last five years. So now everything has been like pushed over to the fall, which is my time frame. Now I'm very lucky with an independent hotel. So we've been talking with a few independent hotels and they actually offered me something really important and perhaps planners, event architects, however you want to refer to yourselves, can actually leverage this. They have offered on their contract to us a one-time reduce your attrition rate by 20%. That's huge because if you, you, we all know if we don't meet our attrition rate, if we don't fill those hotel room blocks like we've promised, we could look at many tens of thousands of dollars of, of penalty fees. So that's a really great thing to do. Hotels you know, are hurting right now because their bookings are way down. Um, so they're really looking to stack the deck in the fall and beyond as the event industry and everything recovers. So see if they can do something very flexible with you just like that. Try for an attrition rate, try for some other things in the contract, be creative. And you know, you may find that you're welcome with open arms. Let's hope. Well, I'm sure something like that is helpful too, because let's say, you know, we are ramping up events in late summer, fall, Who's to say how many people are going to feel comfortable traveling? Like it's probably a little bit harder to predict what your actual attendance is going to be. So having a little bit of wiggle room is probably great for you. Absolutely. You got to protect your company and, you know, you have to keep your attendees and your stakeholders informed. And that's, that's the best way between legal contracts and, you know, looking at what hotels can do in this situation. It could be a win-win. Maybe it's, uh, I can't have it now because there's, you know, government restrictions in place, but we, we promise to postpone and come back to this hotel. And then perhaps you won't face any penalty fees because you could get into that kind of situation with them where they're guaranteed future revenue. And they're going to look very favorably on you for that. That's a really cool tip. And another really cool tip that um, we talked about earlier was that you see a lot of value with staying in contact with your prospective attendees. And I can imagine that, but how would you recommend staying in touch and what are those benefits? Well, now, right now, it's not the time to, you know, hard sell, hey, come to my event. Right now, we really have to show empathy. We're all in this boat together. Hand me an oar. I am rowing in your boat, Cody. I am rowing in your boat, Brooke. And we have to make our attendees feel that way. They are bread and butter. They're also human beings. So I would say... Since email marketing is part of just about every planner or event architect's wheelhouse, reach out to them. Make, you know, touch base with them as a personal 
gesture and, and ask them, how are you doing? You know, don't ask them, you know, to buy anything. Don't try to sell them anything. Just say, how are you doing? We want to know. We care about you. Let us know. And, you know, when they answer you, if you can get some traction with that, keep in contact with them. Perhaps send them a, maybe a, a one poll email saying, you know what, what's your biggest fear? Like connect with them on that level so that they understand you are humans, looking out for them as humans, and find out what those answers are. It could be, I'm afraid I'm going to get sick, or I don't think I'm going to get sick, but I could bring this home to my kids or parents, or you know, I'm really worried about my job right now. Really find out through that maybe a short poll, like get the pulse of what's happening with your attendees. And then what you could do is you could ask that question in a few weeks maybe after a major news release, hey, we have, you know, the best treatment ever, or hey, you know, we're starting, we're starting trials now on a vaccine, and ask them, what are they, you know, how are you doing, what, what's your biggest fear then? And then if you can reach out to them over time, you may actually see like that curve, you know, those charts change over time. That is very valuable data to have. You're keeping in touch with your attendees, you're understanding what their concerns are so that you can make them feel as safe as possible in this very uncertain world. And yet at the same time, you could be gathering really relevant data to bring to the C-suite and show them this is the direction we're moving. This is the trend line. Let's prognosticate, right? I love putting like a four or five or six syllable word in. <laughs> let's I was see. Like looking yeah. it up now. Okay, great. <laughs> Let, let's see if we can put our prognostication hats on and, and predict, you know, yeah. have a better prediction of what's going to happen in the future because that, that data is going to help us plan. Maybe it's smaller events now leading up to like a bigger event later. Maybe we decide we're going to do small road shows. So that kind of thing is what's going to bring value to the C-suite. It's going to help you keep in touch with your attendees, make them feel safe. And really, that's what we're all about. We're all about the attendee experience. So let's yeah. pivot ourselves however we need to, to make our attendees feel safe, feel welcome, and meet their needs. I mean, this is probably the best advice I've heard. Just connecting, staying in touch with your attendees. Everybody's going through this kind of together right now. And even I would say from like our sales teams, they're just really connecting on a human level with people right now. Cause it's not about like the sell. It's really just about touching base and like, how are you going? And we're all kind of in this together. It's been a really kind of cool community feel within the events industry, even though I know we're kind of in a tough spot and even for planners, right? Like, you know, some people, their events have been canceled. Maybe they do have a little bit of downtime, what should they be doing to think about even their career, kind of the personal development side of things? Ooh, that's a good question. As you, as you all know, I don't call myself an event planner. I don't have any yeah. event planning certifications, right? I'm an event architect, okay? The whole attendee experience, top to bottom, front to back, project management, budget management, email marketing, um, surveys, gathering that data, reporting that data out, as well as programming, you know, C-Event event management for the registration website, the conference app, the appointments module, and helping out with the on-arrival implementation too. So I think we have to stop thinking of ourselves as, I'm a planner, and you really have to drill deep into what are all the amazing skills that I bring forward. Maybe you're a master at budgeting. You know, maybe you have all the contacts, you know, with DMCs. Maybe you're the digital data diva, right? I would say sit down. <laughs> you like that one? Are you a digital data diva? Yeah, that, that was good. That was good. <laughs> a little alliteration to start our day. I love that. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, all joking aside, take those things, 
write them down, physically write them down and think about what you can do with those skills, right? Update your LinkedIn. There's no shame in updating your LinkedIn. Also, if you are a person with expertise in one of these, say, let's call it a subgenre of like the whole giant, you know, tool set of, of executing events, you know, on a, on a grand scale, why don't you join some LinkedIn groups and offer your expertise to other people? You know, give them tips, give them, give them tricks, give them this kind of advice. So I'd say update your resume, update uh, your LinkedIn, put out good stuff out there that will benefit other people because it makes you feel good too. And also that shows everybody in your organization that you're not just a planner and all you can do is events when live events are being scaled back, you know, for obvious reasons. Show them the whole value of the entire package. You know, Brooke, you're not just like a gorgeous hairstyle and fabulous glasses and a wonderful smile. You know, Cody, you know, you're not just like that rocking gamer dude with like the coolest cat in the background, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so just another, <laughs> I know, I'm not just a pair of great dresses and pretty shoes. There's a lot of value. So yeah. we need to think about our, our multiple identities, right? Yeah. Multiple identities really, really focus on all those multiple identities and bring your value right in front of the rest of your organization. And you know what? There's other groups. Maybe marketing needs help with these communications. Mm -hmm. um, maybe the folks who usually do your data analytics really need a little bit of help in figuring out how to forecast things or look at data. Offer your services, go across into other groups. Maybe they're in a more of a vertical silo in your, mm -hmm. in your industry or in your corporation, but reach out to them because they're likely needing some help and you know, it's a great way to connect. Yeah, and even I've noticed that there's a lot of organizations, you know, we've had MPI on here, we've had GBTA, we've had a lot of, you know, kind of big organizations that help with the event planning industry um, offering, they're offering free certifications, trainings, webinars. I mean, there's like the, all of this knowledge that's coming out of this that you can really use. I mean, even Cvent, I think we're doing the free certifications right now. So if you want to deepen your knowledge and you have a little bit of time, I mean, health and family comes first and then sort of thinking about some of these, these ways to use the time wisely. I love that. I also love that you were talking about that you have, you know, show your value with the different identities that you have. I'm pretty sure every one of your identities has this incredibly cool energy. I just love having you on the podcast, Brenda. I mean, what's your secret? What are Brenda's tips for staying sane during this crazy time? Oh my gosh. Okay. So you have to promise not to laugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Giving away my deepest, darkest personal, like, <laughs> like stay not crazy secrets. So, and this, you know, I, I've been working from home for seven years and my you know, my escape has been go to one of the two fitness gyms, go to the rock climbing gym, go out and motorcycle, right? I'm an avid motorcyclist. So a lot of those things really have been taken away from me. So how do I stay sane? Well, first of all, instead of focusing on the negative, you really have to think about what am I grateful for? I woke up today. One of the things I'm most grateful for, good coffee. Forget about toilet paper, people. If we didn't have coffee, uh-uh. World War Three. Mm -mm. Preach, preach. So so every day I don't write like a book or anything, but I will literally write one to three things I'm grateful for every day. You know, I have a great cup of coffee. Hey, the hummingbirds are coming to my feet or outside my kitchen window. Um, hey, somebody needs me, somebody needs my expertise at my organization and I and I get to help them. Whatever your family, soft pillow. Hey, you know, whatever it is you're grateful for, even if it's the smallest thing, write it down. Because if you just think about it, thoughts flit in, they flit out. 
write it down. And I have a kind of a strange hack. So I learned this from a, a favorite podcast. I'll give you guys a link to it if you want to, you know, promote it out because it's a, it's a podcast that helps me be happier just every day, no matter just during this time. I will grab my dry erase markers and I actually write on my bathroom mirror. So I write it there. I don't write it in a book that, you know, gets left in the bedroom or stuck on a bookshelf. So every day I see these messages multiple times a day that, three to five or whatever things I'm, I'm grateful for. And you know, you can erase it every day. It doesn't hurt. So if you don't oh. have a dry erase marker, you can use lipstick. <gasps> yes. My mom used to do that on the bathroom mirror. She'd write little things. So we all, you know, be in the best mood every day. Uh, if my mom had that, she'd probably have written clean up your room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it was that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the other thing for staying happy is there's a lot of negative information out there. And let me speak from, from, a, from my marketing, let me put my marketing hat on, okay, one of my identities. So marketing, what is marketing all about? It's all about selling advertising. What is going to get people to click on stuff? Hyperbolic, frenetic, um, hysterical headlines, okay? They're not, most of the news media out there, I hate to say it, a lot of them, well, they have to pay their bills too. They're human beings, but they have to do something to get us to click, to get us to look because they're pulling all of that reporting and data and they're showing it to potential advertisers going, look, 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 we got millions of hits just this one day on our website, pay us X amount of money. We'll put your ad up there. We'll put it in front of millions of people. They quantify our actions. And as human beings, we react without even thinking. It passes by the, by the analytical brain. We react with our hearts, Right. So we have to really carefully curate what media we choose to look at right now. And we also have to control our time in the media because there's really not that much new or different information coming out. It's just kind of the same thing most of the time at this point. Anyhow, that may change you know, at the point of this recording. So I stick with very analytical scientific stuff without the hyperbole that aren't looking for my clicks to put them in front of advertisers. John Hopkins University, Mayo Clinic, World Health Organization. Those are my three go-tos. You choose your three go-tos. But I find that they write things that are very sane and calm and analytical and factual. Oh, yeah, it's, it's boring reading. I'd rather be bored than upset. Because when my energy changes to upset, everyone around me is affected. You know, family kids, you live with anybody, you're in contact with anyone, even your coworkers, you know, virtually, you bring that energy and it's, it's super negative. So, you know, and control the time. Maybe you check it in the morning. Maybe you check it in the evening. I have not listened. I used to be an NPR, like content streamer. I haven't listened to NPR since any of this started because it's so upsetting to me. I check yeah. it at night because I need to focus on my job during my day because I am communicating with my attendees and my greater community about what we're doing to empathize with them, to help them out, to help them connect more efficiently in a virtual or remote environment. So it upsets me in the morning, um, but my coffee makes me happy. <laughs> so I yeah. start, so, you know, I start with that. So I don't know. Um, I had so maybe kind of finding what makes you happy, right? Like, right. You, 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 know, you know, and on that note, whatever makes you happy, figure that out. Know one or two things and do it. Okay. So what if, um, what if you love reading to your kids? Make sure you read to your kids. Um, some people have said, Hey, let's, let's, you know, I, I love to meditate. I'm going to meditate for five minutes or I'm going to watch 
Um, what's that? What's that new show? Tiger King or something? Whatever you. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's it. That makes me what, happy. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> you want to do. I personally am watching a lot of comedy. Um, I've got I've got some things I do every day. You know, one is write my gratitude. Two is I'm doing a little bit of exercise every day. I'm drinking a lot of water. And I know this sounds really silly, but one of my major vows during my coronavirus diaries is wear real pants every day. I mean, <laughs> wow, that's, that's deep. That's a big ask. That's a big yeah. ask. But, Never but thought that I, would have to be advice that we have to give people, but it's true this right? time. If I'm sitting in like my PJs and my slippers, you know, or something, I, I also cannot transition into a different mood. I'm in that casual mood. So however you want to be, if you want to exercise at home, put on your gym clothes. If you want to, you know, log into work and be professional and, you know, super efficient and effective, maybe you should put on a work shirt and pants and some shoes and sit down at your desk. I find that that transition really helps me. And also when I'm done work and I work out, work clothes, nope, change from those to my exercise clothes. That way I'm really feeling like exercise, Brenda, today. It, it really, there is, not, you know, there is science behind it, that kind of knowing you, you have a transition. And maybe work is really stressful for you and you don't want to be stressed with your family. Maybe you need to figure out your own little transition um, technique so that you can bring your best self to your family after you've you know, come out of your home office or whatever you're doing. It's not even just tips on how to handle what's going on right now, but it's like your really introspective growth. I mean, even outside of this, like if you keep using these sort of techniques and habits, like it's, it's just like good life advice, I guess is what I'm saying. Do you have any other life advice that you can give? You know what? We talked, we talked a little bit about doing things that you love. I think right now, especially if people suddenly don't have a three-hour commute anymore, if they're just with their families and, you know, they're doing kind of the same thing with their families, figure out how to do some good. And so it doesn't matter what you do. I heard something great the other day on a podcast. A woman had, um, a grandma had decided that she was going to um, read to her grandchildren every night, but, but she can't go over there right? She can't do that. So she's been recording herself, right? Writing, uh, uh, sorry, reading bedtime stories and she's posting it on YouTube and she figured out how to post it on Facebook. So do, do the good things. Maybe you set up a Facebook page or a next door page for your neighborhood to figure out, is there anybody in need? Um, if you're cooking, maybe there's an elderly neighbor or, you know, somebody else who's got a lot of kids and it's really stressful for them you know, to be doing all the cooking, the cleaning by themselves, maybe their, their spouse is somewhere else, maybe they're a single parent, offer to help. Hey, you know what? I'm cooking up a bunch of stuff. I will leave it on my front porch. Come pick it up. You can heat it up and you can have it for dinner. You know, cooking, baking, a lot of people are doing that. So think about what you can do to put good out there into the world. Even if it's just connecting with an old friend, I'm doing my radical reconnect not just wear pants, but radical reconnect <laughs> with everybody. Um, I'm scheduling time with family and friends. I've reached out to some friends I hadn't talked to for a while. Um, I'm doing some FaceTime, right? Some text back and forth, but I'm also writing letters. I wrote a letter to my godfather the other day and he called me and said, wow, it's like I was right there with you. It, it's your house. And he really appreciated that. Um, drop a postcard in the mail, put a stamp on it. USPS is still is still running and that's a great way to put that personal touch on something someone's going to know that wow somebody's thinking about me somebody cares about me somebody's thinking about me and that can turn 
their entire day around. So put some good out into the world. Think about, it doesn't have to be big. It can be small. My boss actually, so she, she's the best shout out to my Melissa, but she, um, has a bunch of tulips in her yard. She's like, I was just looking out at my yard and I saw all these tulips and how much joy they were bringing me. So she just left like a bouquet of tulips on my front step. And I mean, <sighs> I was like, this is the best thing that's happened to me all day. And it's just, you know, that small act of kindness really can take you out of the, the gloom that is sort of the day-to-day these days. I just love that like none of that is very hard. None of it's very expensive, but it can mean the world to somebody else right now. You may have some coworkers that you can connect with remotely, and that's awesome. You know, make sure you reach out to them and be even closer to them. I'm kind of thinking, too, I've, I've heard about in the event industry a lot of planners being furloughed, laid off, that sort of thing. If you have coworkers that have been furloughed, reach out to them if you at all can, you know, because they can't, they can't get together with family or friends right now, like, you know, they can't go out with some friends. They can't like meet in person to have like that talk and, and get that comfort. So reach out to them, let them know, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about you. And you know, maybe it's something where you can say, Hey, look at all your different identities. You're not just a planner. You're this and that. Maybe you help them with their resume. Maybe you just have like a meeting with them and say, you know, we miss you. We care about you. So make sure you connect with those folks because if we all are disconnected, right? We're, you know, coming together in a community means that we will all not just survive, but together we'll thrive. Human beings, we're, we're, we're community animals. That's why we live together. You know, <laughs> we're wired, we're hardwired that way. So yeah. reach out to your coworkers, keep, keep in touch with them. And especially those coworkers who, you know, may have been furloughed at this time, yeah. reach out to them because they need you right now. I personally don't know what I would do without my best friend and colleague, Brooke. Like we talk all the time. So, and my co-host, so many titles, but I don't know what I'd do without you. I mean, just like having somebody here that I can talk to during this time makes such a huge difference when you're isolated and at home by yourself. Um, But Brenda, I I know, I'm sorry, Brooke. (laughs) That was the most hard part. I know. I just am hearing so many cool tips and tricks from you, Brenda. Like if you had to leave one takeaway, just one takeaway though for our meeting professionals and what they could be doing right now, what would that be? Ooh. Make sure that you keep yourself sane at home. Make sure that you understand how much value you bring, whether or not, you know, whatever happens in the industry right now, right? And know that we're gonna come out on the other side of this. So try not to spend too much time in the moment, you know, feeling upset, everyone's gonna feel upset, schedule time to worry. But remember that, think about your future self, your future family, and your future career, and plan for that. Because if we get stuck in this one moment, we're going to stop evolving. We're all gonna come out of this a lot better. It's not gonna be easy, but we're all gonna come out of it a lot better. And I think as, as a human race, you know what? I think, I think we're going to be closer. I really do. So I guess, you know, I guess that's what I can leave you with, with that one. It's the best I I can do. Brenda for president. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) So you have tons of resources and you're plugged into a lot of different organizations. Anything that you'd want to promote or share to the audience? Ooh, a couple things. So for those of you who may have, um, been downsized or you're afraid you're going to be downsized or maybe your hours were cut back. Chris Gillibo has an amazing podcast called Side Hustle School. 
actually, I was listening to that and I started a side hustle, which was very successful. So I was super happy about that. He also came out with a book. So if you prefer reading, do that. Um, something to make me happier every day. I listen to Gretchen Rubin's uh, Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. And it's all these tips and tricks, how to be happier at work, how to be happier at home. So those are a couple of resources that are super go-tos for me. Um, don't forget about all the amazing podcasts out there that can lift you up. There's Audible, you know, Amazon has lots of streaming free stuff. And I'm trying to remember, yes, Audible now has 300 books and a lot of them are geared towards children. Some of them are um, classic literature that you can stream for free. So just like Google Audible 300 free books, you will find it. There are so many free resources out there. And Andrew, I'll leave you with one more. Andrew Johnson is in the UK. He's a meditation expert and he is releasing um, MP3s of meditations, not just for adults, but kids too, to like calm you down, chill you out, you know, make you feel better. And he's got this beautiful Scottish like brogue kind of voice. Imagine Sean Connery, but smoother. He's got like the buttery man vocals. (laughs) I've been listening for years. (laughs) Okay, perfect. it's, It's super soothing, especially those of you who are parents, you're at home, your kids are at home with you. They're not going back to school for a while. Some of you are homeschooling too. This may be just the kind of thing to, to bring in, you know, to help your kids adjust because they're having a hard time too. So Chris Gillibo, Gretchen Rubin podcast, Andrew Johnson, Audible's 300 books. Oh, and of course, wait a minute. Cvent is running free certifications and they're running these like live virtual study groups. Connect with other planners. It's, it's just fantastic. Siva has put out so much good stuff out there. So I personally am planning on ramping up and recertifying in Crowd Compass because the app ninja, it's time. I got to show my oh, skills. Man. I got to pass. I got to get my double black belt here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to recertify in that. And let's see if I go for like the gusto and do Cvent, um advanced, you know, the advanced certification because right now I have you know CVN event management certification so I really should take the advanced test and maybe I'll try for a triple triple crown. How cool would that be, oh, right? I think you can do it, Brenda. I want a tiara. If I do it, I want a yes. tiara. I want a tiara that says CVent. I will find in person. Yes. I am so happy that I have a mute button because you're cracking me up the whole time, Brenda. I love this. Uh, but I just got to say, Brenda, thank you so much for joining today's very special edition video cast. Brenda is one of the most positive people to talk to. What great energy. Yeah, her tips on how to stay connected with family, friends, other professionals, as well as some of the personal development during these times were so inspiring. So thank you so much to Brenda and all of our listeners for joining us this week on the How Great Events Happen podcast. And to get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. You can check out the episode description for a link to additional resources. And if anyone out there also has tips or tricks for what event professionals can be doing during this downtime, please let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We would love to have you on the show. And before you guys know it, we're going to have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.